Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, that way you never miss an episode. We post weekly on the podcast and on YouTube every Wednesday and you're not going to want to miss it. As you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are discussing the solved murder case of Carlin Ramirez. It is truly a heartbreaking case. It is one that has a lot of twists and turns with it. And I do want to mention and kind of put the disclaimer in here that I do believe that this is also a case that can draw a lot of judgment and potential victim shaming. And what I will say is that will not be tolerated. And regardless of everything that we are going to be dissecting today in this case, no one deserved to die. So with that being said, let's jump right on into it today. Carlin Ramirez was born on April 10th of 1991 and grew up in Del Rio, Texas. Carlin ended up going to college and got her associate's degree. However, after graduating, she decided to change paths and officially joined the military. Now, when Carlin decided to switch paths and join the military, no one in her family was surprised because actually in Carlin's family, her mother as well as her aunt were also veterans from the military. Military. And so when Carlin decided to enlist in the military, everyone in her family was incredibly supportive and Carlin was incredibly excited for this new chapter of her life. And the military was somewhere where Carlin absolutely excelled. Her peers describe her as someone who was always wanting to do better and be better. She was always in competition with herself to improve on how she was the day prior. She was always trying to be better. And she also had a very, very good heart. She always was talking about wanting to make the world a better place. She was incredibly family-oriented, and she was very grounded. Now, in 2013, Carlin was deployed to South Korea, and it was while she was there that she ended up meeting a chemical weapons specialist, a 35-year-old man named Malik Kearney. Malik was highly regarded in the military and Carlin was immediately drawn to him. Carlin loved the fact that Malik was confident and people looked up to him as an inspiration. He was highly regarded in the military and she really liked that. She also liked the fact that Malik was older and more mature and seemed to have a very solid head on his shoulders. Because remember, at this time, Carlin was only 22. So for a 22-year-old to see this 35-year-old man who is successful, he's charming, he has everything that Carlin wanted, it didn't take long for her to fall for him fairly quickly. And the feeling was very much mutual. The two began a relationship and went full speed ahead from there. It was actually only six months after they began dating that Carlin surprised her family with the news that she was pregnant. 
Carlin's family was incredibly supportive. They were very excited. However, there was a part of them that was also wondering who Malik Kearney was, who this man was that Carlin spoke so highly about. And shortly after Carlin got pregnant, the two of them actually became engaged and wanted to start the wedding planning process fairly quickly. However, before that was ever able to happen, there was a little bit of a bump in the road. At the time, Carlin was stationed in Fort Meade, which is in Severn, Maryland, and Malik had attempted to put in an order to get reassigned to that location as well. That way, both Malik and Carlin could be together through the pregnancy, through the wedding planning, and all of that. However, Malik's order was actually denied, and he was stationed in South Carolina instead. This was obviously not ideal for the two of them, and it was fairly heartbreaking for Carlin and Malik to have to realize that they weren't going to be together physically through the pregnancy. However, they made the most of it and were constantly going back and forth to see each other whenever they could. And then, in April of 2015, Carlin and Malik welcomed their daughter into the world, and the two of them could not have been more ecstatic. Once Carlin's daughter was born, Carlin truly felt like this was her purpose in life. She felt like being a mother gave her a purpose and she loved her daughter more than anything. So now that their daughter was born, Carlin and Malik can now focus on planning a wedding. And this was something that they were both very, very excited about. However, they needed to do it fairly quickly. They ended up getting married only three months after their daughter was born in July of 2015 in South Carolina. And the reason they decided to get married so quickly was because in just a few months in November of 2015, there was a rule that was put in place in regards to relationships between soldiers who have different rankings. And for Carlin, who had a lower rank than Malik, those rules were going to apply to them. So they knew that they needed to solidify their marriage before those rules got instilled. So that is exactly what they did. They got married in July of 2015. However, again, at this point, Malik was still in South Carolina and Carlin was still in Maryland, which really wasn't ideal for anyone. And both Carlin and Malik were actively trying to get Malik to be restationed up in Maryland so that they could be together as a family. So now we move on to August 25th of 2015. On this particular day, there was a maintenance man who was conducting his usual routine at the Lake Village townhomes where Carlin lived. When the maintenance man arrived to Carlin's home, he noticed that the back door was open. And to this maintenance man, the door being open was noticeably unusual. So unusual that the maintenance man actually refused to go in inside and instead decided to call the police. When the police arrived on the scene, they knocked on the door, started calling out for Carlin's name. However, they didn't get a response and that is when they let themselves in. They walked all throughout the downstairs of the home without seeing anyone before ultimately making their way upstairs. And it is when they walked upstairs, they noticed Carlin's body laying on the floor 
of her master bedroom. But not only that, when the police walked closer, they noticed that Carlin was still holding her five-month-old daughter in her arms. It was clear to police when looking at Carlin that she had been shot. Now, luckily and surprisingly to police, Carlin's daughter was actually unharmed. She was perfectly healthy when police found her. However, it was very clear to authorities that Carlin was not. Police immediately removed Carlin's daughter from her arms, and when they did, they noticed multiple gunshot wounds to Carlin's chest. Police had noticed in the room that the bedding on Carlin's bed had been all messed up, indicating that there was some sort of a confrontation or struggle that had occurred. Along with that, Carlin's shorts and underwear had also been pulled down to her knees, suggesting that there could have possibly been a sexual assault. She also had bruising and scratches all over her body. When police started scanning the home for evidence, one of the first things they found was a shell casing on the floor, and police were able to determine that the bullets were fired from a 357 caliber revolver. Police also discovered a condom wrapper in the living room, as well as the condom from that wrapper in the trash can in the kitchen. Now, Carlin's autopsy revealed that she was shot three times. Twice were in her chest, and all three were contact wounds. The medical examiner concluded that all of the gunshot wounds were fatal, and they also determined that there was no sign of sexual assault, despite Carlin's clothing appearing to suggest that there was. And when police heard that the medical examiner didn't find any sign of sexual assault, it really made them have to rethink the way that they approached this case, because up until this point, they were pretty certain that Carlin had been sexually assaulted. However, now it appears that whoever did this was methodical and strategic in the way that they staged Carlin's body, knowing that police would assume that Carlin was sexually assaulted. Again, police now believed that whoever did this was in fact very methodical in how they went about Carlin's murder, and they were trying to throw the investigators off of their tracks. And that in and of itself told police that Carlin's murder had to have been premeditated. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Now, when police first discovered Carlin's body, there was a man named Sergeant McDaniels who met police at the scene. He said that he went to Carlin's home because Carlin had not shown up for work that day, which was very unlike her. So he went to go see if everything was okay. And when he arrived, he saw all of the police cars outside of the home. Sergeant McDaniels informed police that two people lived in that house, Carlin Ramirez, as well as her 
roommate Marissa. However, he told police that Marissa was out of town at the time on vacation, so Carlin was at the house alone. He also informed police of Carlin's relationship situation and the fact that she had a daughter with Malik and Malik was in South Carolina, so he gave them the whole rundown. However, this is also when Sergeant McDaniels informed police a little more about what happened behind closed doors in regards to Carlin and Malik's relationship. According to Sergeant McDaniels, he told police that about a month prior to Carlin's murder, he had gotten a phone call from Carlin in the middle of the night, and when he answered the phone, both her and Malik were on the other line. Sergeant McDaniel said that when he answered, Carlin was hysterical, she was crying, and it was also clear that Malik was very enraged on the phone call. Sergeant McDaniels claimed that on this phone call, Carlin had confessed to the sergeant that she had been having an affair with another soldier. The reason that both Carlin and Malik called Sergeant McDaniels together was because Malik was so enraged when he had found out about the affair and forced Carlin to call Sergeant McDaniels to report the affair to her commanding soldier. The reason that Malik wanted to do this essentially was to punish Carlin because this is something that was not allowed in the military. And in fact, the result of an affair is often a reduction in rank and a loss of pay, both of which were consequences of Carlin's actions after she had called Sergeant McDaniels. And to be clear, both Carlin as well as the man that she had an affair with, both of them received the same set of consequences. Now, Sergeant McDaniels told police all of this and had explained everything to them. And this is also when he told police that after this all happened after this incident where Malik had discovered that Carlin was having an affair, Carlin would confide in Sergeant McDaniels about how Malik had become more and more obsessive over Carlin. He became more obsessive over her, over their marriage as a whole, and ultimately, this resulted in Carlin asking Malik for a divorce, as well as requesting a no-contact order against Malik, and that no-contact order was granted. However, Malik did not want to get a divorce. So now with all of this new information coming to light, police knew that they needed to speak to Malik. So on August 27th, police went down to South Carolina to speak to Malik themselves. Police brought Malik in to the station where they informed him that Carlin had been murdered. Now, when Malik was informed of this news, he became incredibly emotional, and he claimed that the last time he saw Carlin physically was on the 1st of August. Malik told police that he tried countless times to get back with Carlin because he did not want to lose her or their relationship. However, he was adamant that he would never do anything to actually harm Carlin. In regards to an alibi, Malik stated that the night before, on August 24th, Malik was at home in his apartment alone. He claimed that he stayed there the entire night, and he was also very willing to give police his cell phone, his car, so they could search throughout it to see if they could find anything, which they did. However, ultimately, they came back with nothing. 
I also think it's important to note that there is about 505 miles of distance in between Malik and Carlin. So Malik was expressing to police that it would have been very difficult for him to have tried to get up to Maryland and come all the way back in just a few hours, considering the distance between them. So after talking to Malik, police also decided that they needed to speak to the man that Carlin was having an affair with. They thought it was very possible that this man could have gotten enraged due to the fact that their affair had been exposed. And just as an FYI, I have searched high and low for the name of this man. However, it is not released to the public. That's not public knowledge. And the name is not incredibly crucial in this case to begin with. However, I do think it is important to note that the name is not public knowledge. Now, when police tracked down this man and finally spoke to him, that is when they learned that this man was also married. And again, this thickened the plot for police because now you have two soldiers, both were married, who were both having affairs with one another. And police grew even more suspicious when they acquired the DNA from this man and were able to link his DNA to the DNA on the condom that was discovered in the house. Now, according to this man, he had told authorities that even though him and Carlin were demoted in their ranking after the affair was exposed, the two continued to see each other in secret. So even though they had been caught, it didn't stop them from continuing their relationship. He also told authorities that the last time that he saw Carlin was on August 23rd, the day before the murder. He claimed that the two of them did have sex while he was there, and that is why there was the condom that was found in the trash can. However, he claimed that the sex that they had was entirely consensual. He also gave police over his cell phone and his car, to which they searched thoroughly, but came back with nothing again. Now, police also gave this man a polygraph test, which he did pass, and after all of those variables were considered, police knew that they needed to change courses and begin looking for new potential suspects. Now, police decided to go back to start from the beginning and start with Malik again. They wanted to go through his phone a second time. And when they did that, the forensic report for Malik's phone did show that his location was at his apartment on the night of the 24th in the morning of the 25th which again showed police that Malik's phone was where he said he was during Carlin's murder. However, police also learned when going through Malik's phone that Malik had downloaded a wipe app on his phone. And this wipe app's purpose was to actively wipe all the data from his cell phone, specifically on the night of the 24th of August and the morning of the 25th of August. Now, when police saw that, obviously that is a giant major red flag because first of all, why do you need a wipe app? Second of all, why is the wipe app specifically wiping the data from that specific night? Now, luckily, investigators were able to recover a lot of that data. And when they did, they saw that Malik had been making many many texts and phone calls in the days leading up to the murder to someone named Dodo. 
However, after police started digging in to Dodo's contact and learning more about who this person was, they were able to link that phone number with a woman named Dolores Delgado. Dolores Delgado was a 30-year-old army veteran at the time who was living in Florida. So obviously, police wanted to go and speak with her. When police arrived and knocked on Dolores's door, she walked outside and the first thing she asked police is if they were there to talk about Malik. Now again, this struck police as odd because they hadn't barely even introduced themselves at that point, let alone try to begin a conversation. So for her to jump to that conclusion fairly quickly was a little bit of a red flag. Ultimately, police and Dolores ended up going down to the station to conduct a proper interview. And when they did that, this opened up a whole new door for police. According to Dolores, she told police that her and Malik had been in an on and off relationship ever since 2008. And mind you, that is about five years before Malik and Carlin ever met. So Malik and Dolores had known each other for years before he had met Carlin. Dolores and Malik had met while they were overseas and they immediately headed off and had this whirlwind romance of a relationship. However, it ultimately became very toxic and they started doing the on and off game and that had been continuing all throughout the years. Dolores claimed that the relationship was very complicated and that Malik knew that Dolores had other men in her life and Dolores knew that Malik had other women in his life, including Carlin. Dolores admitted to the fact that her and Malik had been continuing to have an on and off affair through the years that he dated and then married Carlin. So here Malik is getting all up in arms in regards to Carlin and her affair, not saying that that was right, but he's getting all upset about that. Meanwhile, he is doing the exact same thing and presumably had been doing so for longer considering he had known this woman for five years before he even met Carlin. Now, in regards to Carlin's murder, Dolores completely denied having any information or knowledge about Carlin Carlin or her death. And she went on to say that on the night of the 24th, she was actually with Malik at his apartment in South Carolina. And when police heard this, the red flags started to raise again, because when police spoke to Malik, Malik made it clear and emphasized the fact that he was alone on that night. And now police are learning that in fact, he was with Dolores. So police were now trying to uncover if this was something that Malik didn't say because he was ashamed and embarrassed because he was having an affair and he didn't want the police to know that, or if there was something deeper going on. Now, police ultimately got access to Dolores's phone, and in doing so, they were able to go through all of the text messages between her and Malik, specifically in the days leading up to the murder. Now, just six days before the murder had occurred, Malik had sent Dolores a text message on August 18th at 7.07 p.m. that says, quote, Dodo, that gun is so damn loud, end quote. Now, obviously, this sparked concern for police because now there is a conversation about a gun. Now the topic of a gun has entered 
the chat. Now, obviously, just the conversation of a gun does not mean anything, especially, you know, when you're talking about people in the military. This is something that's fairly common. However, it was a little too close for comfort when you look at the timeline as a whole. Now, this is also when police took a deep dive into Dolores' social media accounts, and that is when they learned that Dolores had been trying to sell her 357 caliber revolver ammunition. Now, again, going back, that was the same bullet that was found in Carlin's room when police discovered her body. The post that Dolores had made about the ammunition included a photograph, and on it was a price tag from a store where the ammunition was sold from. When police called the store, they were able to confirm that Dolores did in fact own a 357 handgun. So police are now piecing together all of this information. They are piecing together the fact that the Dolores at one point had owned the same gun that was believed to be the murder weapon in this crime scene. They are learning all about Dolores and Malik's relationship. They're piecing together everything. And while all of that is going on, both Malik and Dolores decided that they were going to move. So they packed up their bags and moved in together in Texas. Now, even though police didn't have any hardcore physical evidence that connected either Dolores nor Malik to the murder, they had a mountain of circumstantial evidence, so much so that in October of 2016, both Malik and Dolores were arrested for crossing state lines to commit domestic violence, which resulted in death. And when that happened, this story made national news. You guys might actually even remember hearing about this case. It actually made such national news that there is a witness that came forward. And this doesn't happen very often, but there was a witness that came forward and claimed that Dolores had asked this man specifically, had asked this witness to help hide a gun for her in late August of 2015. He said that he agreed to help Dolores, not knowing why she needed this gun to be disassembled. However, the two of them disassembled it together and threw it into the water off of a fishing pier off on the Banana River. Now, this witness was actually able to escort police to the exact spot where they disposed of the gun. And fortunately, and again, this is just like this type of stuff never happened but fortunately the water was not very deep and it was a very clear day on this particular day and when police looked into the water when they were standing on the pier they were able to see the biggest piece of that disassembled gun sitting in the sand in the water and they weren't able to just find that one piece they were ultimately able to find all four pieces of this gun and send it off to the forensic lab now when they did that forensics confirmed that the serial number on the gun found in the water was the same one that dolores had purchased from the gun shop this just further goes to confirm that this particular gun was dolores's they also were able to take the barrel of the gun and see that the barrel had the same signature markings as the bullets that were recovered from carlin's bedroom now when police presented dolores with all of this evidence that they had accumulated dolores Dolores knew 
that she was caught. Dolores knew that it was time to start telling the truth. And ultimately, this is when she made a full confession. Now, the reason she made this full confession at this point was for a lesser sentence. And also, she had to agree to testify against Malik. So in Dolores' confession, she claimed that on the afternoon of August 24th, she arrived at Malik's apartment as he had asked her to. She claimed that the two of them had been discussing this for quite some time. However, Dolores claims that she was not under the impression that Malik was going to murder Carlin. She just claims that they were going to have a conversation about getting back together. She actually provided Malik with her own car and this gun as well as the ammunition needed for the gun. Dolores claimed that Malik had asked her to stay at his apartment and that he was leaving his cell phone in his car behind. That way, it would seem as if he was at his house the entire night. And by taking Dolores' car, Malik didn't believe that police would be able to track him going to Maryland. Now, again, according to Dolores, she claimed that she just thought that they were going to have a conversation. She didn't truly believe that Malik was actually going to murder Carlin, regardless of the fact that she gave him all the materials and necessities in order to do so, her car, the gun, and the ammunition. Dolores claimed that Malik had been talking about murdering Carlin for a while, and the motive behind it was because he didn't want Carlin to go off and have a relationship with someone else, he didn't want another man raising his daughter, and he didn't want a divorce. However, again, according to Dolores, she claims that she consistently told Malik that this didn't need to happen, that he didn't need to murder Carlin, and according to her, she said that she kept trying to give him positive affirmations about how the interaction was going to go. She kept telling Malik that everything was going to be okay and everything was going to turn around and their relationship was going to be fine. Meanwhile, it's important to note that both Dolores and Malik are also having their own relationship of themselves. So for Dolores to claim that she was pushing for Malik and Carlin to mend their relationship and to get back together, it's a little twisted. However, Dolores claimed that that was something that she did with Malik often. She often gave him relationship advice about his marriage with Carlin, again, regardless of the fact that she was still having both a romantic and sexual relationship with Malik as well. Now, according to Dolores, she said that Malik returned to his apartment in the early morning hours of August 25th. She claimed that when he got home, Malik then gave Dolores an exact play-by-play of the murder. Now, according to Dolores, this is what Malik had told her. Malik said that when he got to Carlin's house, he let himself in by using the key that he already had. Once he opened the door, he saw that Carlin was sitting on the couch. He immediately drew the gun and forced her to go upstairs. And according to Malik, Carlin did try and fight back, especially when she saw the gun. Malik said that his first initial shot ended up missing Carlin. However, the following three hit her. He then pulled down her pants to make it appear that there was some sort of sexual assault and then placed their baby daughter in her arms and headed out the back door. 
So according to Dolores, that is the confession that Malik had given her. And after Dolores had made her confession, Dolores entered a plea of guilty to conspiracy to commit interstate travel to commit a crime of violence. However, Malik pled not guilty, so a trial was set to begin. The trial began in 2018 in Baltimore, and Dolores did in fact testify against Malik. She confessed to everything I just told you on the stand, while also stating that she helped Malik by burning his clothes and disposing of the gun. She claimed that she lied to give Malik an alibi. That way, he wouldn't get in trouble and the two of them could continue their relationship. On the stand, Dolores claimed that the motive for all of this for Malik was the fact that he didn't want another man raising his daughter. Now, the prosecution also argued for motive that Malik finally felt like he had no control over Carlin. The prosecution tried to argue that Malik was aware that Carlin was having different affairs and he was coming to the realization that the relationship was over and he didn't know how to handle it. Now, during the trial, the prosecution also showed a meme that Dolores had sent Malik just the day before their arrest. The meme had a picture that said, quote, just remember, if we get caught, you're deaf and I don't speak English, end quote. And again, this was just in the days before their arrest. Now, the defense for Malik was trying to argue that all of this was Dolores's fault and that she was the one who was behind all of this. They tried to strengthen this argument by showing a Facebook post that was written by Dolores where she said, quote, the crazy bitch is going to be put out. However, ultimately, on August 9th of 2018, the jury came back with their verdict, stating that Malik was found guilty of interstate travel to commit domestic violence against Carlin, resulting in her death, as well as the use of a firearm in the domestic violence charge that caused the death of Carlin. Malik was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole plus 10 years. And for Dolores, she was also sentenced to 17 years, and she got that lesser sentence due to her confession and testimony. And that, you guys, is the case of Carlin Ramirez. Now, I am very interested to see what you guys have to say about this one. Do you think that this was more Malik's doing? Do you think it was more Dolores's doing? Do you think that they were both equally as involved? I'm really curious to see what you guys have to say about this case. So let me know in the comments below. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. Again, if you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of killer instinct make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button that way you never miss an episode we post weekly on the podcast and on youtube every wednesday and you're not going to want to miss it i'll be back next week with a brand new one and until then stay safe bye guys